Welcome to my kitchen, everyone. This is Margaret McSweeney, host of Kitchen Chat, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. I hope you're relaxing around the kitchen counter or, or on the sofa and, and really enjoying today. I uh, hope you can grab a cup of coffee or water and, and just sit down and take a few moments for yourself to enjoy some recipes for life and for living and for eating. So thrilled today that our guest is Beth Engelman, mommy on a shoestring, and she knows how to live large on a shoestring budget. Welcome to the show, Beth. Thank you very much. I'm thrilled to be here, Margaret. Oh, this is just so delightful. And what you you really have touched upon a great topic is the summer slide and those words, too, from kids. I'm bored. What can I do? Can you please provide the listeners with activities to help promote learning and and just not to stay bored. (laughs) Absolutely right, because we're looking at um, summer, and we still have about six to eight more weeks left. And although it's wonderful and I savor it, I have a five-year-old, and those dreaded words I hear, what should we do today? And I'm bored, (laughs) and what am I going to do? Not to mention summer slide, which is something, it's actually a true um, phenomenon. As a teacher, Mm -hmm. I can tell you it actually happens, where kids actually lose um, between one to two months of the um, skill set they learned at the end of um, the summer, spring, if wait, they wait, don't practice those skills over the summer. So in a sense, your first grader, when he goes into the second grade, is starting, um, doesn't really get back up to speed until November, unless you practice the skills such as math and reading over the mm-hmm. summer. Now, did I hear you correctly? Just a quick step back. A child will lose over one month of learning Yeah, that is typical because what happens is, um, especially in those beginning early primary ages, so they're learning how to decode and they're getting into the swing of reading, Mm -hmm. and then they take a two-month break. And if you don't have them continue to read and continue to work on comprehension and decoding and phonemic awareness, Hmm. it takes a while for them to come back, get back up to speed. Reason that you. Have your kids still work on these skills over the summer, but you know what? You can mix it up and have a lot of fun, and I have a lot of fun ideas for ways that your kids will be able to use these skills without even knowing it. And what is your favorite way? Well, I have a lot of favorite ways. I mean, I love, well, I, my specialty is reading. So we mm-hmm. can talk a little bit about reading and then we'll yeah. go into math and science right. and everything. But um, reading for me, it's really important to get the kids um, te- once they learn, they get over the hump to keep reading. Mm-hmm. And a lot of libraries, um, a lot of schools have summer uh, reading incentive programs where, you know, maybe a child gets a star for every book they read. And if they get up to, you know, 20 stars, they get a prize or something like right. that. I know we have that at our library. Right. I village and free, which is great. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. What did you say? I said, and it's a free activity. And it's free. Absolutely. And I found out that most libraries will actually let you take out up to 40 books. So you can go with your kids with a big bag of books, a big bag, and take out as many books as they want. Of course, they have to read them all. But, you know, they can make a big pile of books I haven't read Mm -hmm. and then slowly make the pile into books I have read. Wow. Oh, that's okay. kind of a nice visual. That's um, fun. 
Yeah, then PBS Kids and iVillage.com have teamed up together um, through the month of July. They did it in June and all of July mm-hmm. to do a um, summer reading challenge, and you can sign up. It's completely free, and um, we'll provide the links on your homepage. Yes. And if you sign up, every day you get an email about different activities you can do with reading um, from different um, educational experts, including Angela Santamero, who um, develops Word World, which uh, I know, I'm sorry, Super Y, which is a very, very popular show on PBS Kids these days. And what is the name of that again? Um, Super Y, and the woman is Angela Santamero. Okay. And let me just give you an example. Today she had one on um, movies actually can help with reading because what you can do is you can pick out the movies that maybe you want to see and have the kids read reviews. Hmm. Or after they see a movie, they can write reviews. What I like to do is host a um, neighborhood movie night. You know, nowadays you can borrow or rent those um, projectors, or you can just use a sheet and a projector from Walmart. Yeah, you can borrow it and um, show a, a movie. And I like to have the kids look at some of the movies, you know, prior to 19, let's say 1995. Right. And so that they have to go back and look at some of the older movies. And there's some really great movies, even Laurel and Hardy and Charlie oh. Chaplin and the Beatles. There's some really fun oldies. And then always, you can always watch the Disney movies over and over again. But oh, it's a great and way I for- love Disney movies at any age. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So you can get your kids to get excited, read the reviews, choose the movie, write the invitations out. Um, I like to do with Jackson, my son, we do a lot of concession stands. Which is also, it's a good way to sneak in a little bit of math work. Okay, and how do we do that with the kids? With the concession stand, um, you have the kids maybe make homemade lemonade and um, cookies, and then they can sell them. And so, again, running the concession stand, running the lemonade stand is really helping them get a sense of um, how to deal with money, how to calculate money, adding, subtracting, and all that good stuff. And also bringing them into the kitchen. Because mm-hmm. with adding and measuring the ingredients right. to make the cookies and the lemonade and, you know, on Kitchen Chat, it's all about the kitchen. <laughs> right. And, you know, Margaret, I'm so glad you brought that up because such a big piece about um, helping kids learn about um, math and learning about measurements and, and weighing and um, volume, as well as science, is having them practice in the kitchen. Because think about it, so much of cooking, especially baking, is a science. It is. You know, you as take well a little bit of art. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's also an art, but it's a great opportunity yeah. um, for you to get dinner done, but also Mm -hmm. have your kids learn. And and with the little ones, you can have them practicing measuring or they can play with their own measuring cups and their own flour. Um, Jackson has a little, I made a little um, bin for him where he has his own little science experiment. So while I'm Uh cooking dinner, he can actually make something, but you can also have them participate too. Right. And it's also a good lesson on time management. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially if you're like me and waiting to the last minute to get dinner (laughs) cooked and on the table. (laughs) Now, Margaret, when you were young, when your girls were younger, do you remember doing any sort of special school stuff over the summer? I know your girls are a little bit older. They're older. I have teenagers, and my oldest daughter, Melissa, just graduated from high school. I'm so proud of her, and, and my younger daughter, Katie, as well, who is 16. We would do the library. 
summer okay. activities. And I love the library. It is the greatest community resource. And we're so fortunate here in the United States to have such an incredible, incredible network of great libraries. Mm-hmm. And the reading programs were just so much fun. And they love to read. And I think you're right with the encouragement of the sticker or the treasure chest they get to pull a prize from at the, the end of of the um, the whole activity. It's, it's just great incentive. And, and you do have to have incentive, I think, at that age. Right. Well. And that's what we sort of are learning is that, you know, intrinsic – reading's great and there's intrinsic value, of course. Um, but there's something to be said about, you know, sort of giving the kids an incentive to – get through a book and get on to the next book. Right. Um, one right. thing we're doing this summer, and it's our first thing, first time we've been doing it, is we're doing read-alouds because my son is five now, and he um, has the attention span to really pay attention to a story that's a chapter book as opposed to just a, a picture book. Mm-hmm. And we've been reading these great books called Adeline, huh. um, Adeline and the Yellow Cat, and we just read Adeline Goes to School. And they're so quirky, and they're so much fun because they're mysteries, and she likes to think and have clever plans. But mm. it's been really fun to sort of, you know, revisit um, books that I love, like Judy Bloom or Nate the Great or Encyclopedia okay. Brown with him, as well as looking at um, there's a whole slew of new books that are just so fantastic. Oh, and I think as each generation goes on, they're just fabulous resources. Mm-hmm. And even on the Internet, because really um, at their age, they did not have full access yet to resources sure. or moms <laughs> to have access to the resources on the Internet. And and you provide such great suggestions and activities with your Mommy on a Shoestring website. I can't wait to, to link the listeners to, to that resource. And tell us about iVillage. I mean, it's just so intriguing, all of the different um, media you were involved in, oh, and Radio so Disney nice. and, and all of that. Tell us a little right. bit about that. Right. Well, I love, um, well, I'm like, you know, your listeners. I'm a single mom and I have a five-year-old and I want to have fun with him Mm -hmm. and I want to make our experiences rich and memorable, but I just don't want to spend a ton of money. I don't have a ton of money to spend. And um, I also don't think that's the key to having a a rich and meaningful experiences with him. So um, I was a kindergarten teacher. And so I sort of went through my bag of tricks and came up with all these ideas. And that sort of led to a column for um, our local paper here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And um, from that, I got a little um, show that I do for the Sun-Times Media um, where I do demonstrations of different crafts and activities. And then from there, I went on to iVillage. They have a program called iVoices. It airs every Tuesday on iVillage.com. And it's different reporters around the country um, reporting on concepts and issues and um, things that matter to them and to their community. For example, I just did one, and Margaret, you were so kind to be in it, with um, saying goodbye to Oprah Winfrey. Because that was a big deal in Chicago. Oh, major. major Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal everywhere. But, you know, obviously it's been such a loss for our city. Um, So that's been, it's been really good. But again, you know, I'm sort of just like all the people who are listening. We all are, you know, struggling to find things to do with our kids that are easy, not expensive, but that will be really magical and wonderful for them. And and at any age, because I assume the summer slide can also apply even to those teenagers. Absolutely. In fact, that's a big piece and um, that especially when it comes to oral language skills, Mm -hmm. that even though it's summer, we still need to have family dinners. I'm a big um, 
advocate for family dinners because it's a really great way to just communicate, you know, doing what we're doing right now, but sitting around the table and talking. And um, you and I have talked about this, but um, here in Chicago, our mayor, um, Rahm Emanuel, credits Mm -hmm. his parents and his family dinners for really sort of helping to inspire him and his two, you know, incredibly successful brothers in finding this success because they used to have to debate issues. Yes. And there's a fantastic book called Get to Know Your Kid. Um, It's by Shana Noyes, N-O-Y-E-S, and it's filled with open-ended questions. So all you need to do, because sometimes I know it's hard to like think about what to talk about the dinner table, and sometimes it's easy to turn on the TV or, you know, just sort of have everyone just bicker or whatever. Um, Do a different page every night, and they're open-ended questions, and everyone can go around and, you know, give their answer. Exactly. Another thing people like to do is roses and thorns. I don't know. Have you ever done that? I haven't done roses and thorns, no. Roses and thorns. Um, actually, Barack Obama does it, and that's how I learned about it. With his family, um, you go around the table and you talk about what your rose was for the day, the best thing that happened, and mm-hmm. then also what was the thorn. Okay. And you know what? I called that highlights and lowlights. Oh, did yeah. Around perfect. Our <laughs> Even <table>. better. <laughs> and the thing that I love about that and an important thing for parents is you can't, your kids have to be accountable and have an answer because a lot of times, you know, uh, Jackson tries to weasel out of it. I don't know. I don't, nothing bad happens, you know, and you sort of have to think about, okay, well, let's, nothing bad could happen, but maybe you can tell me what was the most unpleasant in your very pleasant day (laughs) because you want your kids to actually really think critically and come up with ideas and sort of reflect on their day. Yes, and that is important, and it is important to to try to gather around that kitchen table, at least Mm -hmm. schedule one meal, (laughs) a weekend meal with everyone's scattered schedules, if if at all possible, and, and make it a real family event and and a way to communicate and it's so interesting um and I don't know if you've been with Jackson he's little and and a boy but my girls loved to go as a special treat um to the American Girl Cafe for very very special celebrations and and we went to a lunch I think or a dinner uh there sometime and and it's so cute because you pass around this little daisy box I guess it is with with questions each person um pulls out a question that is in there and answers it and and it's cross-generational because it really involves um the mom the dad the the older siblings or whoever might be there to to reflect upon younger times and what was your most embarrassing moment and just to really generate conversation and so maybe that's an idea that parents you know can write up a little little pieces of paper to to put in a I don't know you're so creative what could they put it in to pull it out of well, you know what? They could get a little shoebox or a little box and have their kids decorate it because that's always the best when your kids can decorate it. That sounds little, great. Even, you know, even the little, um, you know, a tea box or anything that's sort of smallish. Right. Oh, yes. And maybe that is what could be saved if if you can only have that one special family meal on the weekend. You know, mm-hmm. really bring out that, that box for the special occasion. And it can can be a tradition, a family tradition that you pass the box on and, and add questions. 
I love that. That's fabulous. And again, it's the lost art of having conversations, which we're trying yeah. to achieve, which is great. Yeah. And in without, my family, we do Sunday night dinners as much as we oh, can. Because my grandma's alive. She's 97. And so oh. all the cousins get together. And again, it's a nice time for the family to be together. So oh. um, I'm really fortunate to have that. And I encourage your listeners to try to do that as much as possible. That That is a great idea. And it's so important. And this is what I hope the kitchen chat will be a gathering place for listeners, for families to get ideas, uh, not only on the recipes of food and dishes, but recipes for life. And I think you are providing a great recipe for life, Beth, in terms oh, of family you. communication and the family table. And <laughs> right. Have family Another thing you can do around the dinner table, well, I have two other suggestions. Um, yes. One of my good friends, she comes from a very funny family, mm-hmm. and they are talkative. They talk. They're extremely close. And they would get to the dinner table every night, and it would be silent. They had the whole day together. They had the best time. When they got to, it was silence. So the parents were like, we can't do this. So they had the girls. There were two girls in the family. They each had to bring an article from the newspaper every day. Oh. Now, it could be anything from, like, a TV review. My my girlfriend always brought, like, Dear Abby. That was her forte. Yeah. <laughs> and she liked to read it out loud, and then they would debate it. But it can be any sort of article. But that's a fun thing. First of all, I'm a huge fan of newspapers still. Yeah. Um, but it's a nice way to sort of, if you want to if you want to have something different with the kids, that's another thing they can do is, you know, they have to come up with one article, even if they just find it online, that they can talk right. about at dinner. That's a great idea. And it kind of, uh, I guess, sneaks around the summer slide without mm-hmm. the kids realizing it because it's already right. an established tradition. And even though it's summer, that doesn't change and they're still keeping up their reading skills. Right, exactly. Another way, you're you're absolutely right. And another thing that I love, and I have not done it with Jackson since he's mm-hmm. only five, but I'm wondering if any of your listeners have, and if they mm-hmm. have, please, you know, leave a note on Margaret's um, show page because I'd love to hear it. Is um, a family book club, and uh-huh. I'm wondering if families read a book together. Um, and then discuss it either at dinner or maybe it's like dessert. But having a, a book club, I know I've, I've been a flunky of many book clubs because, you know, I end up not reading the book or once I bought the wrong book. or But doing something with the whole family may be sort of fun, too. I remember when my daughters were much, much younger and we had a special tradition, kind of similar to that, where we'd go outside on the hammock and the three of us would sit in there and, and I would read aloud the Little House on the Prairie books. Oh. And that was so special. And then we moved on to Little Women ah. as well. So, yeah. And so even then did they move on to the Penderwick or were they too old at that point? The Penderwicks? You know, I think girls? they were too old. At that. Okay. I know. It just kind of... Um, these years fly by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell you, it just they fly by. I, I right. just can't believe my oldest daughter's off to college. <laughs> I know. And so I'm wondering for you, because mm-hmm. I mean this must be an issue. What do parent what do you do to sort of help her get ready for college and for the kind of learning? Because it's so different than high school where you go from, you know, essentially eight to three every day. Yeah. Um to sort of get prepared for that. Is there anything special that you're doing? She has, my oldest daughter, Melissa, has such a love of learning. 
Um, and, and not that I can take credit for it, but I hope you know, <laughs> I had instilled and her dad and I instilled um, that active, active, an active ingredient, I guess the yeast of learning to, to really pursue it. And she has just been um, just self-motivated and has started her own journal of new words where she writes down new words and discovers new words and is reading. And then uh, she decided to take summer school at University of Chicago this summer. So this is going to be a great experience for her to live in the dorm life on her own. And then that will definitely prepare her to move on, you know, in the fall. And, um, yeah, get in those good habits of academic courses requiring preparation, time management, all of that. And, And so, yeah, so that is what, what she's, she's doing and um kids seem to spend a lot of time on the internet too and i feel like there's so many good resources you know within the internet um uh, even you know at at that age and and the magazines i mean katie loves fashion so she's reading the fashion magazine so you can can really tie into what their passion is what the kids passion is and, and develop further develop reading and discussion and and uh activities around that 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 are geared to an older age group so because for example we're going to be setting up uh a sewing machine and everything uh this summer and and um that will foster of course some some great use of math and measurement and oh absolutely <laughs> and oh that. that's fa- fantastic and i actually Although, have some i'm just writing an article now for the pioneer press about some really fun um clothing transformations that you can make out of t-shirts i'll share them with you oh, but that's that wonderful it's fun. a great way and it's also a great way to sort of you know take information that you're reading and then apply it to real life and i would imagine at katie's age that would be something really important Yes, and she wants to go into fashion design, so it's a way to to just incorporate everything. So it's yeah, so it's hands on. And I must confess, I c- cannot cook very well, and I definitely cannot sew. <laughs> well, I was going to say we may have a project runway coming up <laughs> <No>. soon <laughs> yeah, on well, Kitchen Chat. But <laughs> I love it. Oh yeah, so that's fun, and and that's what she loves to do too is is drawing and and drawing. You know, even if if you put um, the, you had asked earlier about different things I I do with them, I would just get out blank pieces of paper, and and let them create, and um, they would both just sit down and and draw, and right. um, there are so many wonderful neighborhood resources available um, and, you know, little art classes typically through, um, you know, the community and um, the park districts. Uh, so there, there are definitely options out there. Or maybe, you know, someone in high school who um, who's a great artist and enjoys drawing can, can come over and, and um, work with the kids too, someone in the neighborhood. Right. And you sort of bring up two um, really good points. The first one is um, actually reminds me of an activity I did with Jackson last week. Mm -hmm. Um, He absolutely loves airports. He's like obsessed with every international airline. I've learned more about international airlines than I ever thought I would know. (laughs) um, So we made a huge humongous paradise that's what he calls it and it's really a a huge um airport with every airline 
And um, so it was a really open-ended creative play activity for us because we have the baggage claim and the security and the different terminals and the different gates and the toy stores and the place where mommy gets her Starbucks and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But what ended up happening is I wanted to try and piece in a little bit of invented spelling because Jackson is going to have to do a lot of journaling starting in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So um, we got out note cards and he used his invented spelling, but, you know, obviously kids can do their own spelling if they know how to write the words um, and labeled everything. And we um, secured it to the driveway with um, packing tape. And I'm sure when it rains, it's going to become a mess. (laughs) <laughs> but um, for the most part, it was great, and it was a great activity, um, and oh. it was also really creative, too, which was nice. But yeah. it reminds me, um, Margaret, of Daryl Hammond um, of Kaboom, and I know you and I are both big fans, yes. who says that one yes. of the best things you can do to help get your kids ready for whether it's kindergarten, high school, college, is just let them go out and play. Right. Because open-ended free play really encourages kids to sort of, you know, stick with something, to do something until they master it. Like my son was wanted to go down the zip line, but he wasn't strong enough. And he just kept doing it and doing it and doing it until he could finally do it. Um, Negotiating with other people, because obviously, you know, all the kids want to go down the slide at the same time. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, problem solving, risk taking, all those kinds of things that we really are, are encouraging our kids to do in school. They can learn intrinsically on the playground or at the park or just, you know, with themselves. So if your kids are young, you can give them a box and say, you know, why don't you figure out how to take this box and go to the moon? And I guarantee you uh, 30 minutes later, they may have a rocket ship in your, in your um, living room, but it's a really great way to sort of give your kids opportunities to um, think on their own. You're right. And, And things are so structured these days. Too. And you bring up a great point where they need that time of unstructured play, whether it's a right. blank piece of paper with the crayons or going outside right. and, and getting on the playground, just something where no one is directing. They can just direct it. And, and I don't know about you, Beth, but I would have so much fun in the summers when I'd visit my grandmother up in, in Missouri and, and I'd find a box you know, a big empty box. And, and then um, I remember finding sticks and just taping pieces of paper together and cutting out pictures from the magazine and doing a TV newscast or a soap oh, opera. So <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, you know, things that are free and, and that are creative and unstructured. That's awesome. Exactly. And, and it's great to let your kids do that. We used to play a lot with um, tape recorders. Oh. Or you could just tape your voice and, and do all sorts of fun things. And now you can do sorts, all sorts of fun things on the computer, too. Um, one of the things that's been a nice uh, advancement in technology, and one thing we've been doing is Jackson has a disposable camera. Um, a mm-hmm. friend of his from school gave it to him as an uh, end-of-school year gift. Oh. And we are we took a trip to California, so um, he was really struck by the a lot of the street signs because a lot of the street signs are names of friends such as Mason or Madison, oh. and we always find a Jackson, <laughs> or there's similar streets to the ones we have back home, or they're just funny streets. You know, there's mm-hmm. a street in California called Happy Valley Road, oh. and so we decided to make a book, a photo book. Um, he uses the camera. What it was like a ten dollar camera. He's mm-hmm. taking pictures of the street signs he likes. We get it developed and put it on a CD, and then I'm just um, bringing, sh- uploading it to Shutterfly, 
and then they make it into a book. Oh, and it's a great memento. It's a great way to sort of encourage the reading. And it's been really fun. You will be amazed if you start paying attention to the streets, how many funny street signs you'll find. Oh, I love it. And how you turn it into a learning opportunity mm-hmm. as well with that right. and, and recognition of letters, I guess, at that age too. Right. Letter recognition, phonemic awareness. For Jackson, he has a very strong sight word vocabulary, so drive mm-hmm. and street and what he can read all of those. So, oh. And of course, when we see a friend's name, Madison Street is two streets right. back from where we were staying. It was very exciting. Oh, that is. And then I yeah. guess for the older kids, you could map quest and use mm-hmm. that as as a math skill, perhaps. Right. Well, hey, do you know about geocaching? No. Now, what is this? So this is very cool. And I'm wondering if any of your listeners um, have done it before. Um, what you do is you it's like a treasure hunt and you go to geocaching.org okay. and um, you will plug in different um coordinates based on where you're living and where your town is you plug in your zip code and there's different treasures that you can find and basically it's a gps high-tech treasure hunt and there's something similar called letterboxing which is letterboxing.org and there again you're um, reading clues and you're going to follow the clues to find things and i heard that um jk rowling is coming out with something perhaps similar for Pottermore. I heard a rumor that she was going to hide wands all over the United States and England. Oh, is that fun. With um, clues. Now, I don't know if it's absolutely going to happen, but that's what I read in the paper last week. And so, you know, those kinds of treasure hunts are really fun for kids, especially at an international level. And at any age. It's fun for the parents. Yes. <laughs> too. Yes. Oh, that that is a great idea. I will definitely make sure we have those posted um, on the website for Kitchen Chat and also connecting back to you for your resources. And you have just written some wonderful articles on makeitbetter.net, uh, a fabulous e-zine. Um, I encourage all the listeners to check out. It's just Make It Better. Net and, oh yeah, we um, love them. They're such a it's a wonderful magazine, and they have great resources. Not just locally. I mean, obviously they have great local um, inspirational stories, but really just stories that sort of hit all of us as parents. Yes, yes. And you have written a lot of different activities on on the articles in there as well, right? Yes. In math, especially, um, which is something I know because you have your MBA. Or no, you, you have your MBA? Well, it's a Master's of International Business, yes. Wow, that's so MIB. impressive. So you are good at math. I'm not very good at math, but I do have good games. Yes. <laughs> um, one is super fun. It's called Super Crazy Hopscotch, hmm. and it's a great neighborhood game. You take some sidewalk chalk, and you can make a huge hopscotch game. In fact, my... Um, an associate of mine did it with her daughter, and they went up to 220 squares. <gasps> wow. And you can do things like skip counting and adding, where maybe the kids have to throw two rocks, and then they add it together, and then they have to jump to that spot. Oh. Or they skip count, where they have to like count by twos to get to the spot. Or every time they get onto an even number, they have to jump backwards. You can make up crazy rules based on you know the properties of math. That sounds like fun. And for grown-ups, too, and that way we could get our aerobics in. (laughs) And then another really fun one, this comes from um, education.com, Kat Eden gave it to me, Mm -hmm. is um, 
using a farmer's market as a teaching tool. And what she would do is she would give each of her kids $5, but you could do any denomination you wanted, Mm -hmm. and would challenge them to buy as much produce as they could with that $5. Now, obviously, she would give them some constraints because they would, she'd want the produce to be things that they would actually eat. Right. right. Um, and, you know, the kids would want to eat it too, but it's always a really fun challenge. And then she would let them go. So obviously, they have to be at the age where they could shop by themselves or be in partners. Mm-hmm. But it's a really great way to teach them about um, managing money and seeing how, you know, different weights cost different prices and scarcity and also learning talking about vegetables. I mean, how happy are you to talk about fruits and vegetables oh, with your kids? Definitely. And then maybe recipes and come mm-hmm. home and, and prepare something. Right. Which is really, really neat, um, which I love. And speaking of recipes, yes. I wanted to share with your listeners a really great recipe that you can do with kids of all ages called the Fraction Popsicles. And it's a great way to teach fractions. And um, I'm going to teach how, you how to do it in halves, but you could do it in thirds, quarters, fifths, whatever you want. Okay. Um, for halves, you're going to take two different kinds of um, juices. For example, you could do lemonade and cranberry. Mm-hmm. And you're going to take those pop, um, popsicle cups that you can get. Or if yes. you don't have a popsicle cup, right. just use a waxy paper cup. Mm-hmm. And you're going to fill um, it halfway with lemonade Okay. and put it in the freezer and um, stick in the popsicle stick, obviously. Okay. And then once it's frozen solid, so it has to be a few hours, you're going to add the cranberry juice. And the reason why you want it to be frozen is you want the p- cranberry juice to be layered on top. You don't want them just to mix. Okay. And you'll freeze it again. And when it comes out, it's going to be half lemonade, half cranberry. And it's a great way to show half. And you could do it with three juices. And then you just have to freeze it three separate times. And that's how you make it with thirds. For example, you could do cranberry juice, lemonade, and apple juice or grape juice. That is a great idea. Isn't that fun? Real hands-on tools and delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> delicious <laughs> way. Right, exactly. I always say I don't have great recipes, but this one is good, I think. <laughs> Edible math. <laughs> yes, it's good and it's good for math. Eat your numbers, yes. <laughs> and um, I love the fact that it's really hands-on and kids can really sort of visually see what, what fractions mean because it's such a hard, abstract concept. Yes, yes. And exactly that—that that is such a great teaching method. Now I have a practical question: if if we don't have those plastic uh, pre-made popsicles, you just pop in and uh-huh. you just use a, a cup. How do you get the popsicle stick to go, you know, to stand straight and not kind of wobble to the side? You know what I do? That's a really good question. Um, what I do, and everyone has like a different technique, mm-hmm. is I um, will do a juice that goes well with banana. Like I may do like orange, you know, banana or, you know, orange banana juice. Or, and then I would put a banana at the bottom. Oh, because then I can stick it in. Um, you could also make a little like tent almost with tinfoil and then stick it in so that just the hole. So it's... Mm-hmm. But I think the easiest, I mean, the way I like to do it is I like to do a little bit of a banana. That's a great idea. And we do strawberry juice or orange juice. And you can see in your grocery store a lot of times they add banana to different kinds of juices. Right. So you can right. do it that way. Yeah. Exactly. And and just taking that a step further and maybe, you know, when you make jello, you know, they have the mm-hmm. layered jello. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well. It's the right. same concept, and it's the same way you make it, mm-hmm. and um, it's wonderful. Oh, making math delicious. I think you have a new book with that, Beth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just wait till we get to adding and subtracting with M&Ms. I'm all over it. Oh, I'll sign up for that one. <laughs> but the whole, the, all of the fractions would disappear very quickly. Right. <laughs> and I have to share something really funny that happened today. It was hilarious. Um I, I love jelly beans. That's my big weakness. Starburst jelly beans. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just buy them by the bag. And um I had them on the counter in this little cup and somehow it, it tipped over and my Chihuahua Pongo <laughs> loves jelly beans. We call him the jelly beast. I have ah. never seen if he was like a little vacuum cleaner <laughs> on the floor <laughs> just gobbling up the jelly beans. <laughs> so cute. So that would have been, he was, uh, I wonder if he was counting, doing his math as he was. <laughs> I don't think so, but that's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. Oh, so no jelly beans for you. I'm sorry. I know. We've been through so many surgeries and operations and all of oh. that with our dear Chihuahua. But he's almost 12 years old. Wow. We're going to celebrate his birthday. That's in amazing. August. I know. Okay. I know. So, and maybe there's a way to tie in math with with candles for young kids yeah. too. Absolutely. And of course, baking uh, baking as we've said is a great right. way you can do a, a a birthday cake and decorating it and um what we like to do a lot is sort of, you know, if we're going to decorate the the cupcakes, you know, how many jars of frosting do we need and how many sprinkles and how are we going to do it and sort of make a plan and draw our plan before we actually get into the kitchen and do it. That's a great idea. Now, I wonder if we can apply any of the summer slide uh, concept to adults. You know, I'm going to be 50 next March and sometimes my memory is not as sharp. I know. Now I can just it's, blame it on summer slide. <laughs> <laughs> right, because we just don't use it as much. Well, I mean, I'm a huge fan of crossword puzzles and Sudoku. And now, of course, with these smartphones, mm-hmm. it's great to get some of these um, iPod or, I, you know, these apps that yes. have different games. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about it the other day because I've been playing Mahjong a lot. Oh. And how, gosh, I think I'm going to be much smarter because, you know, I've been playing it so much. And it's for me, it's like a really relaxing thing when I'm in between projects. Mm-hmm. Like I need a 10-minute break. Yeah. Um, so, again, it's the same sort of thing. And, you know, for adults, I think reading, I think sometimes we get so busy and we read the magazines or the newspapers, right. we forget to read books. You're right. Just for fun. Now, I wonder, are there adult reading programs, you know, uh, like the library has the the programs for kids? Oh, no, is, they is absolutely same? do. In fact, okay. at our library they have, because I'm a huge mystery buff, mm. they have a series um, once every other month where they go over, and it's sort of a book club, mysteries, mm. but it's not just one book, it's, you know, different kinds of genres. So it may okay. be, you know, Paris mysteries, one genre, or it may be, you know, in the kitchen mystery. I, you know, there's lots of different niches when it comes to mysteries. There's right. crossword puzzle. Um, but they have all sorts of different things. And re- going to your library, I know we've talked about how great it is. I always say it's like the best thing for retail therapy because yes. <laughs> it costs a lot. But they have, you know, movie groups. 
um, which I think is really neat and a great way to sort of, you know, watch movies with other people and talk about it. I love talking about movies because then I understand them better. Right. Um, book groups. And again, you know, finding that, you know, genre that you like mm-hmm. and checking it out. And a lot of times community centers have those as well. That's a great opportunity because it's important to, you know, for adults to find activities that will encourage and uh, incentivize our brains to <laughs> to do even more thinking. Oh, absolutely. And, you yeah. know, the one thing that I find as a mom, and I'm sure you find this too, is like it's just more and more important now than ever that we find that time for ourselves, even if it's just listening to the kitchen chat oh. or just talking to a friend and having some tea, you know, just finding that time that sort of gives you, replenishes you a little bit. Yes. And that's important that you have to put on the oxygen mask before you put it on the kid, just like the airplane <laughs> the airplane directions say. You have to take the moments for yourself. And I would love to hear from listeners in terms of what do you do, not only for your kids and, and different summer projects or throughout the school year projects that, that you do to encourage learning, but what do you do for yourself? in terms of, of keeping yourself challenged and um, keeping yourself thinking? Is it the New York Times crossword puzzle? That is something I so enjoy doing. It's just, you know what um, I like? Are those logic games? Do you ever play yeah. them where it's, you know, they have A has red hair and B does is the one that doesn't have the blue coat on. Do you know what I, We used right, to have to do those for, like, right. standardized testing. I love those. Oh, for some reason, exactly. (laughs) And I have such great respect for FBI agents, you know, in terms of remembering (laughs) details. I don't think I could have ever been an FBI agent. But one thing, and I know um, several of our friends are considering this, is taking up a new language through Rosetta Mm -hmm. Stone. Mm -hmm. That is just a fabulous option and really will challenge challenge the brain uh, to keep on learning. Absolutely. And it's a great incentive, too, then to go visit. And um, once you learn the language. Exactly. And if you're so inclined to to food, which I love, I would encourage... restaurant hopping. And, and I did this when I was in New York City. I lived there for seven years and, and I just followed the alphabet, um, like A, you know, um, Argentinian food, B, Brazilian, C, Chile, you know, just go through the alphabet and either prepare, you know, go online and, and find a recipe that you can prepare uh, yourself to expose yourself and your family to, to different types of cuisines or, you know, find a restaurant and, and treat yourself uh, and a friend or, or your family um, to that experience of, of foreign tastes and, and cultures. And, um, and maybe that's something, you know, the family can all study and, and uh, about the different culture and, and learn a language and uh, go to Rosetta Stone and kind of tie it all in. I think that's a great idea. I mean, that's a wonderful idea. I would love to take a cooking class, too. Yeah. I always say it, and I never do it, but um, that would be something that would be really neat, too. Yes, and one of our future guests I'm really looking forward to is the Young Chefs Academy. Oh, um, they have that, yes, and where they, they get kids involved in the kitchen and, and teach them some great skills and, and uh, skills that they can then bring into the kitchen and help you as, as well, and um, just really giving them confidence uh, about food. 
And I just think that's an incredible, incredible investment. Wonderful. For, for a child. So, yeah, so that will be fun to learn. And, and what is your favorite food, Beth? What is your favorite food to prepare um, for the, you know, for the family, for Jackson, and just for yourself, your own special treat? What? Oh, gosh, you know what, Margaret? <laughs> well, we're talking about challenging ourselves and getting yeah. books and what we like to do. is. So I get very interested. I'm very interested in the raw food movement, which oh. I don't do for Jackson because I don't think, you know, I want, it's not really for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been trying to be very vegan and just eat raw food. And that, yeah. for me, is fascinating because you have mock lasagna and you have mock meatloaf, but it's all made with vegetables and grains. Right. And it's fascinating to me. And I love what that, what you're sort of saying, you know, I, that's how I challenge myself. That's how I sort of, you know, bought a book and researched it and learned how to do it. Um, but for him, he likes salmon and uh, hamburgers. Oh. Yeah. So we've been, I try to get him to eat very well. Cause I do feel, I know we've talked about this a lot that, you know, the better the kids eat, the mm-hmm. better they are able to concentrate. And I think right. they develop better eating skills for the future. Oh, for sure. And that's so important in terms of starting good eating habits and, and healthy eating at a young age. Right, exactly. Which I actually, I think that would be a great um, topic that I'd love to come back and talk to you a little bit about yeah. is um, nutrition for kids. And maybe we can talk to some other experts too. But I love <laughs> the concept because I think as moms, like I know I'm always struggling for what am I going to make for lunch today? What am I going right. to make for breakfast? But coming up with some really good recipes that are easy, but also very nutritious. Right, and something that you can manage within the time management right? <laughs> for last exactly. minute and things you can yeah. do ahead because I can be organizationally challenged and and it would just be so helpful and I don't know if you know of different resources out there that can help you plan your meals and plan oh. your shopping list and and plan the recipes and just kind of help help you uh, through that process. Absolutely, I do. And there's apps and we can go over it. I know one really quick um, tip I'm going to give to your listeners. And since we're talking about summer slide, have your kids do it, but um, you can have smoothies. They're always like the best on the go breakfast. Yeah. And um, especially if the kids are going off to camp, you can make the smoothie while they're waiting for the camp bus. Right. Oh, that's a good idea smoothies yes and that's refreshing and healthy mm-hmm. and you can even bring it back with the produce from the farmer's market right <laughs> I love it Margaret you're so good <laughs> oh Beth you have just been such a delightful guest on Kitchen Chat and you have shared with us ways to avoid the summer slide for children and adults of any age and and just wonderful fun activities that don't necessarily feel like you're learning or forcing them to study or anything like that. And I I just love the ideas. Just to recap, one is the neighborhood movie in terms of just putting a big sheet outside and getting a projector movie and and watching that and writing movie reviews or reading movie reviews prior to that. And some fun math projects together um, with 
I love that fraction popsicle idea. <laughs> I might use that as an excuse for me to um, help my own math skills. <laughs> it sounds delicious with the lemonade and, and the cranberry juice. That just sounds oh, delightful. And, and just the library is a resource that's just terrific. And the super hopscotch and the farmer market challenges and, and just getting outdoors to play with Kaboom. And we both recommend that book. That was just such an incredible book. I, right. I and and Kaboom.org is a great resource for if you do have young ones and you want to find out, you know, about different parks. They have a play finder, the, mm-hmm. an active play finder on their website. So that's another great website to visit as well. Oh, that's terrific. And we'll make sure, speaking of websites, that our listeners are connected to you and you have so many wonderful resources and and you're one of the 15 voices nationally uh for iVillage and iVillage voice and and Radio Disney and 411 voices another fabulous group that has excellent excellent um resources and um experts on on hand and um so thank you so much, Beth Engelman, Mommy on a Shoestring, for being on Kitchen Chat today. It has just been delightful. Thank you, Margaret. It's been it's been um, wonderful, too. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And um, I look forward to coming back to your show another time. And we look forward to having you. Thank you so much, Beth. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today on Kitchen Chat. And please take time for yourself and savor the day. Savor your friends, your family, the moments. Savor life. Savor the day. And please join us again on Kitchen Chat.